Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Oswald Chambers, the author of the Devotion Guide, My Utmost for His Highest, wrote these words, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading it. We are able to know, love, and follow God by our faith in Christ Jesus. The essence of faith is trust. The essence of faith is trust. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now, faith is the reality, the assurance, the substance of things hoped for, the proof, the conviction, the evidence of things not seen. The essence or meaning of faith is to trust God, to believe in God, to believe that he exists, to believe that he is who he says he is, to believe that he will do what he says he will do. The expression of faith is obedience. We show our faith and trust in God by our obedience to God. We may not know what God is doing in our lives. We may not know exactly where God is leading us, but we know, love, and trust God, so we obey God. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. And faith is about taking those steps day by day. The effect of faith is blessing. The effect or the result of our faith and trust in God is the blessing of God in our lives and relationships. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God because the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We discover God rewards those who believe in him and earnestly seek him as we believe in him and earnestly seek him. We please God as we follow God by faith. We grow in our faith as we follow God by faith. We point others to God as we follow God by faith. We reap the blessings of God in our lives and relationships as we follow God by faith. And that's exactly what we're going to continue to do in our time together this morning. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, We are going to continue in our uh, sermon that we started last Sunday. Uh, We know as we start this new year, God is at work. We're talking about the fact that God is at work. We know God is at work because God told us he's at work in his word. We know God is at work because God showed us he's at work in his word. Through all the examples we see in scripture of how God uh, worked in the lives of his followers. And we know God is at work because we see God at work in our lives and relationships today. God is at work drawing his people into a relationship with him by his grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. God is at work transforming his people uh, into the likeness and image of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. God is at work preparing his people to spend eternity with him one day in heaven. As Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven And we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. God is at work being glorified through his 
people by the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. Others see God through us by the power of God's work in our lives. As Paul said in Ephesians 3 and verse 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We are God's people by faith in Christ Jesus. God's at work in us. God is being glorified through our lives by his work in us. God receives glory and honor and praise from us by the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. It is humbling to see God at work. It's comforting to see God at work. It's inspiring to see God at work. It's motivating to see God at work. It's exciting to see God at work in us and for us and through us and around us. And the more we see God at work, the more we want to see God at work in our lives and relationships. And Jesus shared with us in the Great Commission, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus shared with us in this very familiar passage, the Great Commission, some commitments that we need to make in order to see God at work. If we'll make these commitments this week, this month, this year, in this new year, if we will make these commitments, we will be able to see God at work in our lives, our marriages, our families, our relationships, and we'll be able to just watch his work in our lives. So these are important commitments that we need to make. Jesus shared this passage with us. Matthew recorded his words. In Matthew 28, beginning of verse 18, then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's look at these commitments together this morning that will help us to see God at work. These are also commitments that will help us to walk in our victory in Jesus day by day. These are commitments that will help us to walk in our freedom in Jesus day by day as well as we follow after Christ. We'll briefly touch on the first couple of commitments. We talked about them last Sunday and then we'll move on into the final commitments and how we apply it today in this week in our lives. The first commitment is be biblical. To be biblical. Being biblical means to read God's word, to believe God's word, to obey God's word, to teach God's word. Jesus commissioned us to teach others to obey, to observe everything he has commanded us in his word. So he's commanding us, in essence, to be biblical. We cannot teach what we don't know or practice. And so he's commanding us to be biblical. That means get in his word. So that we can read it, believe it, obey it, and teach it. The main tool, as we shared last Sunday, that God uses to grow our faith is his word. The more we get in God's word, the more we read God's word, the more we understand God and his ways and his will. The more we get in God's word, the more we read God's word, the more we understand how we are to follow and fulfill 
God's will for us. The more we get in God's word, the more we read it, the more we understand how God worked in the past. As we read the passages in Scripture, as we read how he worked in the lives of these men and women that we see in Scripture, the more we get in God's Word, the more we read God's Word, the more we understand how God works in us today. The same principles that we see at work in the lives of the heroes of the faith in Scripture, they're the same principles that God uses in our lives today as he works in us. And so we understand from the beginning in this very first commitment that our enemy Satan will do whatever he has to do to keep us from reading God's word, believing God's word, obeying God's word, and teaching God's word. He will do whatever he can to keep us from the word of God. And so being biblical is highly important for you and for me. Being biblical protects us in the battle of spiritual warfare that rages in and around us on a day-by-day basis as followers of Jesus Christ. A couple of examples how being biblical protects us from seeing people as our enemy. One of the most common mistakes we make as followers of Jesus Christ is we think our battle is against one another. We think our battle is against other people. And scripture is clear that our battle is not against people. Paul said our battle is not against flesh and blood. So being biblical helps us to get in God's word. We read God's word. We understand God's word. We're able to obey and teach God's word. And we know being biblical helps us to understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against Satan and the demonic forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul told us this. Peter agreed. And Peter told us, be alert, be sober-minded for your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Peter set it up for us, and he said, your adversary, and then he said, okay, just in case you're, you're not sure, that's not your spouse, that's not your boss, that's not your employee, that's not your coworker, that's not your friend. No, no, no. Your adversary, the devil, is the one prowling around like a roaring lion looking to devour us. So we understand and realize that being biblical protects us from seeing people As our enemy, being biblical reminds us that God uses our circumstances and other people to develop our faith. Satan uses our circumstances and other people to destroy our faith. So as we get into God's word, we understand and realize that what others may have meant for evil, God means for good in our lives. All things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God uses our circumstances and other people to develop our faith and trust in him. While at the same point in time, Satan is at work on us, and he's trying to use those same circumstances and those same other people in his work to destroy our faith, to discourage us in our faith, so that we'll turn away from the Lord. Being biblical protects us from ourselves. Being biblical also protects us from ourselves. And I think this is significant. I know it is for me and my walk with the Lord. It's vitally important that I am biblical, that I am in the Word of God, because when I'm in the Word of God, it helps. The Word of God helps to protect me from me. Being biblical helps to protect us from ourselves, from relying on ourselves to say no to sin, from relying on ourselves to try to live for Jesus, from relying on ourselves to try to walk in obedience to the word of God, from relying on ourselves to do all that God wants us to do. That's why Paul told us to walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. Why? Because we need the Spirit. 
We need the help. We need the power. We need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to live in love God's way. And so we see how important this commitment is as we look to the new year, as we look to our day-to-day, as we look to this week. Being biblical is vitally important for you and for me. The second commitment is be relational. Be relational. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, be relational. We are able to go and make disciples. We're able to teach others to obey everything Jesus has commanded us in his word as we develop relationships with others. Now, first and foremost, God wants us to be relational with him. God wants us to be relational with him. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we're able to be relational by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. As the late great pastor Adrian Rogers said, Jesus didn't come to show us the way to heaven. Jesus is the way to heaven. He is the way. And so we relate with God by faith in Jesus. God wants us to be relational with one another. We're family in Christ Jesus. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to do life together. We need one another. I think that's one of the the greatest truths that we see throughout the Word of God. That's why God's called us together as family in Christ Jesus. We need the Lord, clearly, but we need one another. We need one another's encouragement. We need one another's support. We need one another's prayers. We need one another's blessings. The way we're able to fulfill All the one another commands in the New Testament is by relating to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. As we get back next week, we're going to get back into our study, Lord willing, uh, through Galatians. As you remember, the title of our study of Galatians has been Faith, Freedom, and Family. The first two chapters focused on faith. The chapters three and four focused on freedom. And chapters five and six focused on family. And so when we get back into our study, finishing out chapter five, moving into chapter six, we're going to focus in on the blessings, on the responsibilities, on the privileges that we have as family in Jesus. The importance of relating with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. But God also wants to relate with all those. He wants us to be relational with all those he's placed in our congregations. Again, we all know as followers of Jesus Christ, we're ministers for Christ. We all have congregations around us. And our congregations includes our brothers and sisters in Christ, certainly. And God wants us to be relational with them. But our congregations also include those who don't know Christ yet. And so God wants us to be relational with them so that we can, over time, gain the opportunity to share Jesus with them and to point them to the same truth that we know, and that is that Jesus saves. And so it's vitally important for us to be biblical, to be relational, which leads right to the third commitment. And these commitments tag on to one another. The more biblical we are, the more relational we'll be, and the more biblical and relational we are, then the third commitment is be missional. We need to be missional. He said we are to make disciples. The first step in making a disciple is becoming a disciple. First step in making a disciple of Jesus is becoming a disciple of Jesus. Being missional simply means telling others the good news about Jesus. It's not difficult for us to be missional. And I'll show you how we can 
know that we know that we know today that it's not difficult for us to be missional. Anytime we teach or preach, anytime we share or discuss about being witnesses for Jesus, being missional, telling others about Jesus, at times as Christ followers, we man, it's like we get put in a spiritual straitjacket because we get afraid and all of a sudden we start to have tremors because we're not sure we can tell us about Jesus. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say. They're going to ask us a question that we don't know how to understand. We're not, we're not sure how this works. And those are real feelings that we have real answers to from the Word of God. But it's not difficult for us to be missional. I'll show you how I know. Anytime we see a good deal, we see a Good movie, a good game. We find a good restaurant. We find a good store. What do we do? Ah, ah, ah. We're missional, man. We are missional. We let everybody know. And then we tell them, you got to go. You got to see this. You got to go. You got to check this out. And if we're really amazed, we'll even say, tell you what, we're going to take you there. We want to go back so bad, we'll take you there. You go with us. We're missional. That's simply what it means as it relates to our walk with the Lord. There is no one and there is nothing more satisfying than Jesus. And being missional simply means going to others and just telling them about Jesus. Just inviting them to come to church with us. Just sharing Jesus with others. We are witnesses for Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we're witnesses for Jesus. And we have the privilege of telling others about Jesus. And we witness for Jesus in our words and in our actions. And rest assured, people are watching us, people are reading us, and people are listening to us. And so, Witnessing, being missional is vitally important for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Late D.L. Moody, pastor and author, said this, the biggest argument against, against Christianity is Christians. The biggest argument against Christianity is Christians. The biggest argument for Christianity is Christians. And there's great truth in that statement. Consistency in our walk Consistency in our words and actions is our goal, not perfection in our walk. Not perfection in our words and actions, consistency in our words and actions, which happens as we walk by the Spirit. As we're biblical and as we're relational, the Holy Spirit will produce in us a desire to be missional when those opportunities come our way. Five simple points to remember that will encourage each one of us to be missional. I think these are important. Five simple points that will encourage each one of us uh, as it relates to being missional with those around us. Number one, God loves those he places around us. God loves those he places around us. Number two, God is at work in those he places around us. So we know God loves those he places around us. We know God is at work in those he places around us. Third point is God wants to use us in his work in those around us. So he's, he loves those he places around us. He's at work in those he places around us, just as he's working us. And he wants to use us in his work in those he places around us. And then we know, according to Scripture, here in the Great Commission, God is with us, and he will do his work through us. He's with us. Jesus said, I'm with you always. So God is with us, and he will do his work through us. So the fifth point, real simple, 
All we have to do is we serve and share, God saves. We serve others, we reach out to them, we minister to them. We serve, God saves. We share, God is the one who saves. As we focus in on these points, it helps us to take those steps of faith, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be missional as the Lord presents those opportunities for you and for me. Being missional means first pray. Pray for those that God places around you. Pray for those in your congregations. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, certainly. Pray for those who you know don't yet know Christ so that they might respond and be willing to listen to the truth about Jesus. Ask God to give you opportunities to share. Ask God to give you the courage and words to share when he gives you the opportunities to share. One of the many things I love about the Apostle Paul, in many of his letters in the New Testament, Paul was often asking the local churches, he often asked the local churches, pray for me so that I may share the message of the gospel clearly. Pray for me so that I may share the message of the gospel confidently so that others can hear and respond. Paul understood that when it comes to being missional, and we need to, we need to pray. We need to pray and ask God to help us to be consistent in our words and actions because many times folks are watching us. We may not necessarily have opportunities to give witness through our words, but we most certainly give witness to others through our actions, through our walk. And so we must continue to pray, God, would you fill me with your spirit so that my words and my actions will be consistent. So whether or not I get a chance to share with others about you, they would be able to see the difference that Christ makes in me as they interact with me, as they may observe So we we pray. Secondly, being missional means that we prepare. We need to be prepared. Being missional calls us to be prepared. That's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, hey, go and make disciples. Teach them to obey. Baptize them. Get prepared. We need to prepare. We need to be prepared to share the gospel. And I know at times that can be a challenge, but The gospel message is a wonderful message. The gospel message is a beautiful message. We must be prepared to share the good news of the gospel. And you can share the good news of gospel in a a very simple way by just focusing in on four points. You can build out sharing the gospel from these four points. But these are the four main key central points that is a part of the gospel presentation, is a part of the message of the gospel. The first point is we're sinners. And there's scripture that supports this, obviously we know. So you take them to scripture, but the first point is we're sinners. The second point is we need a savior. Very simple, very clear, very concise. The third point is Jesus is the savior. He's Clear, that is clear from the Gospels, that's clear from the New Testament. The Old Testament predicted and prophesied about the Messiah who was to come. The New Testament announced and revealed the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So we know that we are sinners. We know we need a Savior. We know that Jesus is the Savior. And then the last point was we must believe in and receive Jesus. Again, plenty of Scripture to support and as you share with folks, you can walk folks through. If someone says, man, I, I need to know Jesus, share with me how I can come to know Jesus. You can just walk them through and just talk with them, dialogue with them about those four points. 
along with the testimony scripture that you can put alongside those points. And you will be prepared to share the good news of the gospel. Secondly, be prepared to share your story. This is something that we all need to be prepared for. And that's to share your story. You're an expert. I'm an expert. I'm an expert on how God changed and saved me. You're an expert on how God changed and saved you. You're an expert on how God is at work in your life. I'm an expert on how God is at work in my life. We need to be prepared to share the gospel, to share the truth of God's word so that we might be able to lead someone uh, to uh, the faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But we need to also at times be prepared to share our story because many times our story is what God uses to help bring someone closer and closer to him. And so be prepared to share your story, what your life was like before you came to faith in Christ, how you came to faith in Christ, and what your life has been like since you came to faith in Christ. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to share our stories with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I was sharing uh, with a brother before this morning. He was sharing part of his story about how God brought him to faith in Christ and how God's growing him. And we were sharing right here down in the hall. It was a beautiful time, an encouraging time, a wonderful time of sharing our stories And it's so vitally important for us to pray, to prepare. And then third is to praise, to praise, to give God the glory because he's the one who saves. To praise God that we don't have to save anyone. We can't save anyone. God is the one who saves. Praise God that he includes us in his work of changing lives for eternity. Praise God for the opportunity he gives us to share Jesus with others. Praise God for how he has saved and changed us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Being missional is continually being willing to pray and to prepare and then to give God praise as he gives us opportunities to share. Now, being missional doesn't mean that you're not going to have some butterflies. Being missional doesn't mean you're going to have every single answer to every single possible question that could be asked. Being missional doesn't mean you're going to be able to walk in there and just rip it all off smoothly without any challenges or difficulties. Now, being missional means you're going to go ahead and walk forward by faith with those butterflies so strong inside you, you're not sure you can breathe and talk at the same time. But you know that God is with you. You know that God has prepared you. You know that God's at work. You see God at work. You see God at work in that individual's life. You remember God loves them. God's at work in them. God wants to use you. Here's the opportunity God's given you, that God is with you, that he'll do his work through you. And you take that step. And then you give God the glory that he provided you that opportunity because it's so exciting and it's such a blessing to know it's not about us. When it comes to helping others come to faith in Christ, it's about the Lord working through us. And he will do his work. I can remember there have been many times where I had an opportunity to share faith in Christ. One in particular that will always stand out. I had an opportunity to share Christ with a gentleman who was uh, very, very uh, important in my life. He was one of my uh, basketball coaches. And uh, God ordained an opportunity for me to, to share Jesus. And I can tell you right now, I was scared to death. Scared to death to share. I don't know what I said. I don't have any idea. As I left there, I thought, oh, Lord, did I even come close to what you wanted me to share? Because I was so nervous going in. But I was able to give the Lord the praise, honor, and glory that, that he provided that opportunity and that he helped. And I trust that he spoke and moved and continues to move and 
his life as he continues to draw him to faith and trust in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be missional. And he says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you to help you. Which leads to the fourth commitment. He says, be confident. We're biblical and we, can, we need to be relational. We need to be missional. And we need to be confident. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We can be confident because God is with us. Since God is with us, we don't walk alone. Since God is with us, we don't have any reason to fear. Since God is with us, we don't have any reason to be stressed or worried. Since God is with us, we can be confident as we're biblical. We can be confident as we're relational. We can be confident as we're missional. If God is for us and we know he is, who can be against us? If God is for us and we know he is, who can stand against us? If God is with us and we know he is, who can be against us? The answer is no one and nothing. You know this as well as I do. God is with us. Say that with me. God is with us. God is with me. Say that out loud. God is with me. That changes things. The Holy Spirit fills us with confidence, not in ourselves, not in our knowledge, not in what we know, not in what we can do. No, the Holy Spirit fills us with confidence in him and that he is with us and that he will empower us to do all that God's called us to do. Every step we take, every move we make, no matter what is happening to us, no matter what is going on around us, no matter who is coming against us, we can be confident because God is with us. And that makes a difference for us. It makes a difference in and through us that he is with us. And as we've shared the purpose here, remember we're talking about seeing God at work. Seeing God at work, how vital and important that is. The purpose of seeing God at work is so that we can join God in his work. It's not just to see God at work and, and clap and, and cheer and just to rejoice. No, it's to do that, but it's also to join God in his work. To join him. You know, there can be a hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people watching the games today. In particular, one here uh, that relates to a team close to us. And you know what's going to happen? The same thing's going to happen. There's going to be over 100,000 there in that stadium, and they're all going to be jumping up, and they're all going to be cheering and screaming, and there's going to be countless numbers of more in their homes in front of their TV sets doing the same thing. But you know the one thing that is not possible, and that is not one of those individuals going to be allowed to get on that field and play. Not one. Everybody's just going to be cheering from the stands. And so we know the purpose of seeing God at work isn't just to cheer God on and to be blessed by God and to watch God at work and to see him at work. No, it's to, you know, God invites us to get on the field of faith. He invites us to join him in his work. And so we see God at work so that we can join God in his work. And we join God in his work as we walk by the Spirit on a day-by-day basis. The Holy Spirit empowers us to join God in his work as we give. That's key here as we give. If we want to join God in his work, it revolves around giving. We give ourselves, our time, our talents, and treasures to God. As we give ourselves time and talents and treasures to God, he blesses us and uses us to bless those he places around us. Living is giving and giving is living for us as followers of Jesus Christ. We know the scriptures teach us for God's love the world that he gave. 
And he calls us to be givers as well. Scripture reveals this. Jesus said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbors yourself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added. So we give ourselves our time, talents, and treasures to God first and foremost. That enables us to join him in his work. We yield ourselves to him. We surrender to him. We submit to him. We give ourselves to him. All we are, all we have is from him. And we give ourselves to him. And then he empowers us to join him in his work. The Holy Spirit empowers us to join God in his work as we grow. It's not just about giving. It's also about growing. As we give ourselves to God, we grow in our faith in God. And we grow in our faith as we put forth the time to the disciplines of spiritual growth in the Christian life. So as we give ourselves to God, he gets our time, he gets our talents, he gets our treasures. Then we're able to begin growing in our faith in God. So let's continue to spend time in the word of God. Let's continue to spend time in prayer. Let's continue to Spend time worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Let's continue to spend time serving one another through love. Let's continue to focus in on walking in obedience to God and the truth of his word by the power of his spirit in us on a day-by-day basis. If you want to join God in his work, and I know you do, I want to join God in his work. He's at work all around us. I long to see him. I long to join him. Well, I know, and you know, we join him by giving. We join him by growing, and we join him by going. The Holy Spirit empowers us to join God in his work as we go. Jesus made it clear to us, go and make disciples of all nations. He made it clear to us, go and teach others to observe, to obey everything I have commanded you. And so we obviously know as we give ourselves to God, as we grow in our faith in God, then we will go for God. It's that growth that happens by giving ourselves to God that produces that desire and that courage and that strength to go for the Lord, to go to those that God places around us, to minister to those that God places around us, to go to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to minister to them and do life with them, to go to those in our congregations who've yet to place their faith in Jesus and to minister to them and to share Jesus with them. I don't want to miss out, and I'm sure you are in the same position as I am. As we look to this new year, as we're getting ramped up, I don't want us to miss out on anything that God has for us. I don't want us to miss out on anything that God wants to do in us, for us, through us, and around us. And I'm sure you would agree that you don't want to miss out on anything that God has for you, anything that God wants to do in you, for you, through you, and around you. And so the key for us as we look at this new year, the key for us as we look forward to all that God has for us is to renew our commitment to see God at work by being biblical, by being relational, by being missional, and by being confident. It's to renew our commitment to not just see God at work, but to join God in his work by giving, by growing, 
and by going for Christ, renewing our commitment to give to Jesus, to grow in Jesus, and to go for Jesus. God has commanded us, commissioned us to these commitments in this new year because they're best for us. And they're best for all those God has placed around us. And the truth of the matter is, our brothers and sisters in Christ are counting on us to make these commitments in this new year. You see, we need one another, as I shared before. And so as we make these commitments, we're able to encourage one another. As we make these commitments, we're able to hold one another accountable to these commitments. You see, it's so vitally important that we make these commitments for one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, because there are going to be times and seasons and days and weeks in this new year where we go through those challenging difficulties, those times of suffering, those times of trial, where we desperately need our brother and sister in Christ Jesus to come alongside us and to be biblical, to come alongside us and to be relational, to come alongside us with the confidence that comes from the Lord and to give themselves to us, to bless us and to encourage us. And then there are going to be times where we're going to have opportunity to do the same thing for one another. We need as a family in Christ to make these commitments for one another. But another truth is this, that those who don't yet know Jesus are counting on us to renew these commitments in our lives. Those who don't know Jesus, who are in our congregations, they're counting on us to make these commitments, to be biblical, to be relational, to be missional, to be confident, so that through our relationships with them, they might be able to see Christ at work in us. And so that they might be able to hear about Christ from us, so that ultimately they can be drawn into a relationship with Christ Jesus. What a blessing to know today at this point, to start the new year. What a blessing to know that God wants to use us in his work for his glory. Amen. What a blessing. But what a challenge to know God wants to use us in his work for his glory as well. So let's renew our commitment to see God at work and to join him in his work. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's gonna come and lead in this time of response. And I wanna encourage you, my brother, my sister in Christ, to just take a few moments to renew your commitment to, to see God at work, to renew, renew your commitment to join God in his work. Maybe one or two of these commitments God's pressed upon your heart and mind. Maybe he's brought somebody to your mind that he wants you to be missional in regards to going and telling about Jesus. Begin praying for those opportunities. Begin praying for God to work in those 
he's placed in your congregation, that they would might be willing to listen to the truth about Jesus and, and to respond and to receive God's gift of salvation through faith in Jesus. Our pastors, our ministers will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have a need of care or concern, they would love to pray with you. The altar is open as it always is for you to come and, and do business with the Lord. And you can do so just kneeling there, right where you're seated. Let me also just give another opportunity for those who have not yet received God's gift of salvation, the gift of the forgiveness of sins that God offers to us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Here in person, maybe streaming online, listen, this is an opportunity to make the greatest decision you'll ever make in life, to respond to God's grace that is once again at work, even in these moments, and to say yes to Jesus as God draws you to place your faith in Christ. As God's leading you to understand and know your way's not working and it's never gonna work. And it's time to repent of living life your way. It's time to, to confess your sins and it's time to respond and to receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus. There's no greater decision that you can make than to say yes to Jesus. And we would love to encourage you in this decision. We would love to help you make this decision. You can do so by just simply offering a prayer similar to this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I know my sin separates me from you. And God, I know I need a savior. God, I know I can't save myself. There's nothing I can do to get rid of my sin and get to you. And so God, I, I believe Jesus is the savior. I believe Jesus took my place on the cross and paid my price for sin as he shed his blood for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe Jesus lived a perfect life. I believe he died on the cross in my place. I believe he was buried in the tomb. God, I believe Jesus rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for me. So God, as best as I know how, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's my savior and I receive your gift of salvation. I repent of my way. I turn and confess my sin to you, God, and I want to live your way. I ask Jesus to come into my life, to take over and to take charge. If you prayed a prayer similar to that, then you're part of the family of God based on the authority of God's word. And we would love to rejoice with you. We would love to encourage you to help you as you begin your new life in Christ. If you're still at that point, we would love to help you to make that decision. This is God's time as we respond to his work in our lives. Let's stand and let's worship him together.